Entrepreneur on Fire 436. If you're prepared to ignite, there's only one place to go. Entrepreneur on Fire with your host, John Lee Dumas. Did you know you can engage Walker Corporate Law for licensing agreements, terms of service, and privacy policies, and even mergers and acquisitions? Plus, they specialize in working with entrepreneurs. Contact the founder, Scott at WalkerCorporateLaw.com. Industry-leading bookmarking technology? I know. That's audiobooks.com. Seamlessly switch between devices without losing your place. You can even get your first book for free by going to audiobooks.com slash fire. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Stella Feynman. Stella, are you prepared to ignite? Absolutely. All right. Stella is the CEO and co-founder of Matchist, the place to find top US-based web and mobile developers online. She is also the co-founder of Entrepreneurs Unplugged and is here today to share her journey. Just giving our listeners a little overview, Stella. So take a minute. Tell us about you personally. We want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Great. So I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me, John. Um, My story starts uh, back in the old country. I'm originally from Russia or the former Soviet Union. And my family came over here when I was a little girl and definitely have always been inspired by the American dream and, um, you know, the fact that in this country, anything is possible versus where kind of we came from. So I went to school thinking that I would kind of follow in my father's footsteps. Uh, he's a doctor and he uh, kind of always, you know, it was always assumed that I would I would be a doctor as well. But it actually turned out that the thing about my dad's uh, career that I really loved was the business owner part, the entrepreneurial part. He owns his own practice and has several satellite offices. So um, after passing out a few times witnessing surgery in college, I realized that I needed to find my my calling. And pretty quickly, I figured out that it was entrepreneurship. So right after college, I knew I wanted to either join an early stage startup or start something on my own. And I met a couple of guys who were starting a payment startup called Fee Fighters. And I joined the founding team. And that was an amazing uh, learning opportunity, great company. We raised about a million and a half dollars from investors across the US. We sold to Groupon uh, in 2012. And along the the way I actually I started another company called Entrepreneurs Unplugged uh, with the goal of sharing kind of like uh, this podcast sharing entrepreneurs stories in a way that was very uh, attainable but through events in Chicago so um, we still put on events just about every month for entrepreneurs uh, in Chicago and then um, after the acquisition I, I had a, a moment of oh gosh what do I do next I knew I didn't want to join Groupon I knew that I wanted to to start something new. So I went back to the drawing board and thought about the kinds of problems and things I saw in the market. 
and realized that through Entrepreneurs Unplugged, the same kind of question kept coming up over and over again, which was, where do I find a good developer? Where are these developers? I have an idea. How do I find a good mobile developer or web developer? And so my business partner, Tim, is a developer, and he said, are you joking? There's so many great developers out there, you know, where they're having a hard time finding work. And so we saw this opportunity to connect these two disparate communities, people who wanted to hire freelance web and mobile developers, and then the freelance web and mobile developers and dev shops that were constantly trying to find serious good work, not just the entrepreneurs who wanted to, you know, build the next Facebook for $500, but real entrepreneurs who uh, wanted to invest in good technology and form uh, relationships. So we launched Matches in the fall of last year and we um, have been working hard since then. I'm also actually a full-time MBA student at the University of Chicago Booth School of Business and Matchist, we participated in a big competition called the New Venture Challenge, um, which companies like Grubhub and Braintree have won in the past and we actually won it in uh, last spring so that was pretty exciting. Huge! Well, Stella, we're going to dive way into your journey as an entrepreneur and specifically culminating with Matchist, but before we do, we love starting Entrepreneur on Fire Off with a success quote to get that motivational ball rolling. So take it away. Um, one of my favorite quotes comes from Winston Churchill. The quote is, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. I think that quote really sums up what it's like to be in the trenches of, of entrepreneurship with all the ups and downs. Um, it's one of my faves. How have you actually applied the mantra of this quote into your life? Entrepreneurship is such an emotional journey. You don't really talk about this when you read the tech crunches of the world, but it's really exciting when a customer signs up for your product. And it's really personally depressing when a customer complains to you. And it's really hard not to take these things personally. And I think it takes a lot of time and training when you to to separate yourself as the entrepreneur from your business. So I think that keeping that in mind that every success that we have is great, but knowing that there's probably something around the corner, I think it really helps to ground you, especially when things happen that are really exciting, like uh, winning something or a, um, you know, raising money or something like that. Absolutely. As an entrepreneur, the highs can always be so high and then the lows can always be so low. And the crazy thing is they can just come one right after the other. It's like almost a light switch. You can go from the peak of just happiness to the absolute depths of despair. And we're going to just really be focusing on that as you share your journey, Stella, because that's what we're going to focus on now. You're our spotlighted guest today. You've had quite the entrepreneurial journey, and we really want to focus on a few stories within that. The first story we really want to talk about is a failure, is a challenge or obstacle that you faced at some point that you feel like Fire Nation could really resonate with and learn from. So take us there. Take us to that story when you failed, Stella, and what lessons did you learn? Oh, gosh, John, I fail all the time, (laughs) and it's definitely a frame of mind, but one specific time that I remember just being really, really upset was last spring we had applied to Techstars Chicago and we were really excited. I had actually gone through and 
if for anyone who's not familiar, Techstars is a summer incubated program that provides both capital, office space, and a bunch of other resources to aspiring startups. Great mentorship. Great mentorship. Yeah. And I was really lucky with my first company to go through a similar program, Accelerate Labs, which became Techstar Chicago. So I was really, really excited to take part in the program again and be, you know, with Matchist. Um, we went through all of the interviews. We got to the final round and I have a really great relationship. I had been an entrepreneur in residence with Techstars the year before. And I just, you know, I kind of thought in my mind that we were a bit of a shoe in. I mean, not to be too arrogant. <laughs> arrogant. But you know what? It was completely arrogant. And I got an email that was from my one of my really close mentors, Troy Hennikoff, that said, Hey, you know, I wanted to let you know we we didn't select Matchist and, you know, we we st- we really like the company. It's just a little bit too early for us, um, you know. So sorry. And I just remember that moment that 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 sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach, like the world is about to end. I was sitting at home on my couch. I called my co-founder right away, and we just kind of sat there and, and in silence talking. Well, not talking in silence over the phone. And, you know, after about 30 seconds, we were like, all right, talk to you tomorrow. Let's figure out a plan. I think that um, the things that I learned from that experience were, one, not to be arrogant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Two, uh, also that, you know, it's not going to – it's basically going back to that quote I shared that failure is not fatal. So even though we had really been counting on being part of the program and really were just mentally all in, the next day – you know, the sun rose, my co-founder and I sat down and we made a plan for the next three months without tech stars in the picture. So, um, it definitely was a really learning, a great learning opportunity, but also goes back to the failure is not fatal part. So many great lessons in there, Stella, because the morning period for entrepreneurs needs to be short and sweet. And, it also needs to be looked at as just another opportunity, another opportunity to pivot, to change mission, to change focus, but never an opportunity to lose your tenacity, to lose your long-term vision of what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish because your journey and everybody's journey is pockmarketed with minefields of failure, of fear, of troubles, just points where you want to give up. And it's those people that really just keep plowing through and keep their eyes on that far prize, which is the marathon, not the sprint, that seem to come out on the other side as you now are. And here we are talking today. You didn't give up on matches after that phone call. You kept the focus. You kept driving forward. And you share some great lessons from that. So, Stella, that story is exactly what I'm talking about. You took us with you. I felt like I was on the couch with you when you called your co-founder. But what I really want to now focus on is the other end of the spectrum, the aha moment that you had when a light bulb came off. And it can be at any point in your journey. This is your story. This is your entrepreneurial journey. So share with us a time when a light bulb went off for Stella when you just said, wow, this resonates with me. And what steps did you take, Stella, to take that aha moment and turn it into success? I I love aha moments. That moment of clarity and insight, I feel like that's 
that's kind of what you live for in life. And for me, a lot of those aha moments come from when I'm talking to somebody else. I find myself saying something that I didn't even realize I was thinking, but then in verbalizing it, I realized that it exists. And so that actually happened um, uh, about a year ago, actually. I was um, for my, my business school at the University of Chicago. They have an annual um, conference um, for early stage companies. And so one of the people who had flown in for that conference was Linda Smith, who was a, or who is the CMO at Twilio. And she, I, I had some other connections with Twilio before they'd been a great supporter of entrepreneurs unplugged. And so, um, I got connected to her and we sat down for coffee, um, in Chicago. And we were chatting and I was just curious to learn about her actual entrepreneurial journey because she's so impressive and teaches at Stanford now and is the CMO of Twilio. And so I was really interested to learn from her. And so we just started talking about matches and I was giving, telling her, you know, kind of our challenges and what we were trying to do. And she said to me, you know, have you, have you talked with anyone at Twilio? And I said, what do you mean? And she started telling me that, you know, at Twilio, they are basically um, an API that, or they have a series of APIs that developers use to integrate um, SMS or voice uh, functions in apps. And so she told me that sometimes they had customers that needed a developer um, and they wanted to use Twilio, but they didn't have the resources um, on staff to do the integration. So they had some dinky you know, landing page for those people, but she told me they weren't really happy with it. They didn't have a good source for it. And um, I, at the moment, I was like, yeah, okay, that's nice. But then when I, I went home and I started thinking about it and I realized, you know, if, if Twilio has this problem and they're, they're kind of a bigger company um, – I wonder how many other companies have this problem. So I called up uh, as many companies that, as I could think of that also kind of were selling to developers. So SendGrid, which is an email marketing platform, Stripe, which is um, a payment API, and they all resonated. The, that problem resonated with them that they needed a resource for developers. And um, that was after after I got kind of the validation that every that all these other companies had the same problem, we basically wrote out and launched a customer acquisition strategy for that for basically companies that had APIs that needed developers for their non-technical customers. And that actually idea stemming from that coffee, that was the idea that won the new venture challenge at Chicago Booth. What I really want Fire Nation to be taking away from this is that Stella kept reaching out to people in her industry. She sat down, she had coffee, she organized events, she was networking, and she kept her mind open for that aha moment that when it first hit her, she didn't even really know it, but then when it sunk in at a later point, she was like, aha, this is an opportunity, and then she reached out to like-minded companies like Twilio, like Stripe that really could utilize the service that Match has had. So it's one of those things where you just need to stay in the conversation. You need to keep networking. You need to keep reaching out to people who are moving and shaking in the industries and just engaged. So Stella, break it down for us. 
I just kind of gave a summation of everything that was going through my mind during your aha moment, but what would you like Fire Nation to walk away with from that part of your life? I'm a huge networker. I think you hit the nail on the head. I I find so much value in sharing ideas with people um, and getting their feedback. A lot of times the feedback isn't, you know, that great or it's not something new, but there are always those kind of diamonds or those things that you can take away with one every 10 comments. And I think that as an entrepreneur, day to day, you're grinding, you're hustling, you're working so hard on your business. And a lot of times it's hard to take a more holistic approach or to think about the problem that you're solving from a different vantage point. So I really try hard to understand that that is a kind of a flaw of an entrepreneur is being so focused and it's a flaw and it's a, it's a good thing, but having other people to balance you and to make you see opportunities that you may have missed is a really, really important. Um, it's a really important missed opportunity for a lot of companies. Absolutely. It's our greatest strengths in so many ways. And it's also our greatest crutch. So Stella, have you ever had an I've made it moment? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, you know, I get asked to uh, speak on panels and do interviews and things, which I really love because I love sharing kind of uh, what I've learned and to inspire, you know, the next crop of entrepreneurs. And I think every time that I hear someone kind of read my bio out loud, I'm like, damn. That girl is, that girl has done some cool stuff. She's rocking. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who is that? And then I realized that it's me and then I feel, you know, I feel, I feel really happy. Yeah. I think that entrepreneurship, it's, it's such a humbling thing. Like when you are the one answering the customer service emails or answering potential investor rejections and things, you kind of, it's easy to forget all of the great things that you've accomplished. So I, I definitely have those kinds of moments every now and again. Well, speaking of those great moments and those not so great moments, they all come within the journey, Stella, of being an entrepreneur. And that comes with those highs and with those lows. And so many entrepreneurs struggle with how crazy those successes can be and how just demoralizing those failures can be. How do you as an entrepreneur maintain more of an even keel? And what do you say to other entrepreneurs who are looking to do the same? My undergraduate degree is in psychology, and I try to draw on the things that I've learned about psychology to keep myself mentally stable, I guess. So one of the really, one of the key things that you learn is that if you are aware of certain biases, then you're more able to avoid using them. So for example, um, you know, I think that people generally think, oh, if I could, I'm going to be happy. If I can just do this one thing, if I reach this one goal, then I'm going to be happy. And I think what you need to understand and what I see from so many other entrepreneurs is that you're never happy. As soon as you reach a goal, there's another goal that all of a sudden you say, oh, well, now I need that to be happy. And I, I remember when I was when I was like 21, the biggest thing for me was this, this business owner phrase. I was like, man, I want to be a business owner. That would be so cool. As soon as I'm a business owner, then I know that I, I will have made it. And so then, you know, I started a company and I, I didn't even think about it. You're like, I was like, oh, huh. Yeah, I guess I'm a business owner. Huh. That happened. And, you know, it was one of those things where it just didn't matter anymore. So understanding that and understanding kind of the way that you think and 
keeping yourself in check and always thinking about the fact that it's about the journey. That if you don't, and I know that sounds a little cheesy, but I do think that if you keep in mind the fact that so many people regret not enjoying the the ups and the downs and understanding that that that's the fun part. Um, if if you can make yourself understand that, then it becomes a, a lot. I don't say easier, but a lot more manageable. Great insight, Stella. And let's bring things to present time. Let's bring things to today. Share with Fire Nation one or two things that are just really exciting you right now. In our business at Matchist, we recently just built a, uh, a calculator that basically explains how much an app should cost. One of the biggest issues that we've encountered is that nobody knows how much anything should cost. And so people will come in and say, oh yeah, I want to build this cool app and I want it to do X, Y, and Z. How much will that cost? And almost always the answer is, well, it depends. What technology are you using? You know, What features do you want to build? And so we've really kind of struggled up until this point to give people a number because that's what you know, you always want to hear a number. How much is it going to cost? Just give me the bottom line. And so we uh, built a, a calculator that takes you through a quiz of what you want. You know, are you building a mobile app or a web app? What features do you want? And then it gives you an estimate with a bunch of caveats about, you know, that there's a ton of variation depending on the skill level of the developer that you hire, that, whether it's a team or an individual. So I, I'm pretty jazzed about that because I speak to so many entrepreneurs who want just, like I said, they want that number. And now we're able to just give them, uh, give them this tool and, and have them take that answer away, uh, from that tool. I'm pretty excited about that. It seems like you're just filling this void that was out there. Like you said, so many people are like, wow, that'd be a great app. And then everybody around them is like, all right, go make it. The other person's like, well, how much would that cost to actually make? And until you have that answer, you don't even know if you can go forward. But a tool like that would allow somebody to either budget or save up for or at least have the the right numbers going into a negotiation with a potential developer that could really make for a valuable relationship going forward and make a lot of people that otherwise would have remained on the sidelines jump into the game. So I can see why that tool is incredibly valuable, Stella. And just real quickly, because I'm curious, you obviously are looking to stay cutting edge with everything you're doing at Matches. What's one thing that you have as a vision for the future that's pretty cool? There's this awesome opportunity slash it's a problem within the uh, space of hiring developers, both on a contract basis, which is what we specialize in, but then also full-time. Developers hate recruiters. The recruiting industry is really, really inefficient. And so when we think about opportunities really far down in the future, one of the things that gets us the most excited is providing the most value to our developer community, potentially even on a full-time basis. But it's, it's pretty far out. But what's I think what's exciting is that we see the problem right now, um, but we know that it's going to take quite a while to, to fix it. Mm, exciting times that we live in, Stella. And we're going to break in here to thank our sponsors. What a revolutionary concept. 
audiobooks. Imagine what our car rides and workouts would be like without audio content. Seriously, how do we ever go on runs with our Walkman and CD players bulking up our pockets or drive from point A to point B without hooking up our MP3 players to our car dashboards? I am so glad I don't have to think about that anymore, especially now that I have audiobooks.com. Audiobooks.com allows you to listen to your favorite titles instantly, anywhere. You can choose from more than 40,000 books, and I know you have a growing list of business books you've been meaning to dive into. With their industry-leading bookmarking technology, you can seamlessly switch between devices without losing your place. Make sure you're getting the titles you really care about. Audiobooks offers free sampling so you can preview as many books as you like even before you sign up. Get your first book for free today by going to audiobooks.com slash fire. I've worked for some pretty huge corporations in my time and man, did their legal departments stink. They were always so busy, they never even had a chance to get to know the types of people or circumstances they were working with. It was all so robotic. That is not the case with Walker Corporate Law. Walker Corporate Law is a boutique corporate law firm who has created a new business model designed specifically for entrepreneurs and startups looking for an alternative to the big law firms. Their mission? To protect entrepreneurs and to help them succeed. They exist so that you have someone looking out for you and your business. They also provide a broad range of corporate legal services from idea to exit. They have you covered from mergers and acquisitions to licensing agreements all the way to service and privacy policies. If you're looking to skip the huge law firm but still ensure you're protected, then contact the founder, scott at walkercorporatelaw.com today. That's scott at walkercorporatelaw.com. And this is just a perfect segue to what my favorite part of the interview is, the lightning round. This is where I get to ask you a series of questions and you come back at us Fire Nation style with amazing and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? So I'm so jealous when I read about kids, teenagers, even college students who go out and start companies. I grew up in a small town and entrepreneurship, I did not even hear that phrase until I was in college um, and taking you know, an upper level junior, senior year entrepreneurship class. I, all of the things that I had been doing until then, now that I look back, I realized I was on the path to entrepreneurship. I just didn't know. I was completely ignorant that you could start something new and solve a problem and have a company and hire people. And that's something that people actually did. You know, when I was a kid, you were either a doctor, a lawyer, or basically that's it, you know. (laughs) That might also come from the fact that I come from an immigrant family. So um, I think that that ignorance that I definitely, when I have children, I'm going to really raise them in a way to show them the broad spectrum of opportunities available. Obviously, entrepreneurship being a really great way. Um, But I think that the as soon as I realized, wow, this is like something that people actually do for a living, I started my first company. Love it. What is the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I've ever received is something that's so powerful. I really hope everybody takes it to heart. When 
I think that especially when you're young and especially for a lot of women out there, you're never quite prepared. You feel like someone asks you to do something and you're like, ah, well, you know, I don't have the experience to do that or I'm not sure I'm the right person to do it. And as an entrepreneur, you have to be ready to do things that you're not ready to do. And that's how you learn and grow. So now, um, and I, the, basically the best piece of advice I've ever received is to never say no and to do things that you're not ready to do. So if you feel unprepared or you feel like you're not the right person to do it, you are because the person who is asking you thinks that you are. So if they see whatever it is in you to make you do that thing, then you should just trust their judgment and not feel insecure or unprepared. You have to be ready to do what you're not ready to do. Stella, that's just a great insight, and I really hope that Fire Nation is letting that soak in and take to heart because it's the essence of being an entrepreneur. Can you share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success? Yes. So I'm a big networker. I didn't even realize again, networking was a thing. I just loved meeting people for coffee and hearing what they were doing and then trying to see whether I could connect them to other people. Um, so I've always, even before I was an entrepreneur, I loved to do things for other people. And so I think that one of the biggest things that attributes my, that I can attribute my success to is always helping people along the way. If I see a good opportunity for a company, for a partnership, I'll always make the introduction. If someone asks me to get coffee, to get my advice, I will almost always say yes, as long as I have time. Um, so I think that that's a big, that's a, a big thing that you can do because also what ends up happening is that people end up owing you a lot of favors. (laughs) That's like the nice, you know, that's the nice other thing that happens. And so you can definitely pull on those favors when you need them in the future. Boom. Do you have an internet resource, Stella, like an Evernote that you're just in love with that you can share with our listeners? I'm a big fan of Trello. I love uh, Trello is basically a site that helps you put together to-do lists in order of, um, you know, whether you need to do it, what you need to do, what's the action item. I'm a big fan of it. It really uh, allows a simple way to organize your thoughts and organize your to-dos. So love it. Trello's amazing. And Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that we're chatting about here today at eofire.com slash Stella Feynman. Stella, if you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be? You know, I don't read a lot of uh, business books. I try to find inspiration in other, um, in more like literature, just to kind of keep my mind open. But probably my favorite business book is called Running Lean by Ash Maria. And what I love about this book is that, you know, everyone talks about the lean startup. Um, and, I, you know, the lean startup by Eric Reese is an excellent resource. What I love about Running Lean, though, is that it takes you through um, the entrepreneur who's also the author his actual process applying the lean startup in his business. So rather than saying, this is what a customer development interview looks like, he says, here is the exact text that I used. I went out, I interviewed. So it's a very tactical approach to learning about um, and applying the lean startup method. Well, Fire Nation loves audio, Stella, and they know that they haven't already. They can get the audio version of this book for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. 
com. And Stella, this next question's the last question of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I'm a serial entrepreneur. So for me, that's a, that's easy. I would just start brainstorming business ideas. I would be thinking about problems to solve and ways to approach solving them and trying to come up with the, the next thing to do. Stella, you have just been great at telling your story to Fire Nation, this entire interview, and we are all better for it. Share with us just one parting piece of guidance, then the best way that we can find you, and then we'll say goodbye. My piece of advice for the listeners would be that there's no prescribed path to entrepreneurship. There's a lot of, when you start out, you read a lot of stories and you hear from people like myself and people try to understand what's the best best way to get to where they're going. And I think that you just have to understand that that is going to be different for every single person. You know, raising venture capital may work for some people, but it also probably isn't a reality for the majority of people. And, and that's a good reason. So try to understand your own unique entrepreneurial journey, have patience, have faith in yourself, and be flexible when it comes time to evaluate your metrics and and see where the business is going. And you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is Startup Stella. Um, I also, uh, I actually blog for Forbes um, under how Stella got her startup. And um you can email me anytime at startupstella at gmail.com. Boom. Well, Stella, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything of value that we've talked about in today's episode by going to eofire.com. Click on the podcast tab because you are hanging out in the archives or just enter Stella in the search bar and her show notes page will pop right up. Stella, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise and experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Great. Thank you so much. Podcastersparadise.com. Learn to create your podcast. Podcastersparadise.com. Learn to grow your audience. Podcastersparadise.com. Learn to get great guests. Podcastersparadise.com. Learn to monetize. Podcastersparadise.com. Engage with other podcasters podcastersparadise.com access private webinars with today's top experts podcastersparadise.com get the picture thank you so much for joining us today on entrepreneur on fire head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show our amazing blog articles and resources and just plain fun your entrepreneurial journey awaits so prepare to ignite 